1: Jacob Marley is dead. This must be distinctly understood, or nothing wonderful can come of the podcast you are about to listen to.
0: I saw three ships come sailing on christmas day on christmas day i saw three ships come sailing in on christmas day in the morning Uh, have you watched falcon and the winter soldier at all i have not i haven't watched any of it yet dude you gotta get on that
1: because it's like awesome (laughs) it's the whole whole thing is out now right or is it
0: whole thing's out you can marathon it and if you wait a couple more months i'm sure somebody will do a hobbit version edit of it as a movie because there's a lot of b plots and look i love it because there's a lot of slice of life moments in there to develop these characters so you've got people like sam wilson is just hanging out with his sisters dealing with some real world stuff at one point i won't say any more than that but like that's the type of stuff like we're getting the it's a very diverse and unique portrayal of america for marvel to do like th-
1: that's that's sort of what i've what i've gathered which is the first thing i've seen that made me actually interested in watching it um, yeah because i feel like it's like a lot of the america has a lot to contend with right now and i feel like those two characters might actually be a really good avenue for that
0: oh yeah i think and I know a couple of my friends have considered uh, Bucky a uh, a a pretty uh, boring character to use kind of their words, not mine. I I love the character of Bucky. I've loved Bucky since he was um, just the sidekick character before uh, Ed Brubaker. And funny thing about Ed Brubaker, uh, he was a writer and he was doing a lot of independent comic books. Started writing Batman uh, Gotham Central, mm-hmm. which which was awesome. Uh, it, great run. Uh, and then uh, when he came over to Marvel, he wanted to write uh, Captain America because he loved Bucky. Like he 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 read the reprints of the World War Two comic books because he was an army brat. He was traveling right. from base to base. So when he got so he would find all these old World War Two issues where there was still a Bucky and like he grew up loving Bucky. And then when he found out Bucky died and there wasn't an issue like because he was reading them in order and he missed. He started with issue 100, which was a renumbering of a previous running series as Captain okay. America 100. Sorry, got to get into it. And. Then he was like, so where was the issue where where where, where Bucky died? I need to find that issue. And because there wasn't an issue numbered where Bucky died, he thought that was justification enough to bring back Bucky as the Winter Soldier, and he wrote the whole thing just to justify. It. And he pulled it off. He pulled it off.
1: Which- yeah, I mean, to his credit, I think Winter Soldier is probably one of like the top five most successful mcu villains i think that's right?
0: correct and i also think that a christmas carol is one of the top five stories ever written by a human being so you know <laughs> yeah how's that
1: how's that cold open feel john <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty cold that's, that's pretty cold Uh, (laughs) Um, Welcome to Jacob Marley is Dead. This is a a podcast that is occasionally, I guess, about Falcon and the Winter Soldier and comic book history, but mostly uh, is about a Christmas carol. I'm your host, John. And I am your plucky sidekick, Jimmy, over here. Who is our our very own Bucky Barnes. Yeah, Yeah, I am the Winter Soldier. (laughs) <laughs> um, well speaking of of things that are in like you know top lists uh, we're talking about a show that's in the top 100 greatest British television programs of all time it's actually number 16 we're talking about Black Adder Ooh, James boy. specifically the Black Adder Christmas Carol which was uh, the one Christmas special that they did for the show I'm very excited about this I am a huge Black Adder fan.
0: I am excited about this too. I have seen this before in the past for context, Mm -hmm. but also just want to let everyone know while I love this special, I actually really haven't seen any of black adder at all. I have seen maybe an episode here or there late night on PBS back in the day, but have only really have seen and rewatched the Christmas special, uh, before. Uh, so this is kind of, uh, a unique thing. Cause I don't know everything they're talking about in this special, which we'll get into.
1: Um, well for context, so black Adder was a, uh, a series of four sitcoms that ran on BBC one, uh, between 1983 and 1989. Uh, every episode starred, uh, Rowan Atkinson, who most people probably know as Mr. Bean and Johnny English. I feel like those are probably his most, um, his his most well known roles. I mean he's he's like a prolific yeah. stand-up. He does a lot of like one-man shows and things like that as well.
0: Even if you haven't watched Mr. Bean or seen Johnny English, which fantastic job getting away from the zeitgeist. That's amazing. But if you even haven't seen those things, you probably have seen him in some bit parts here and there in other movies. Like Hot Shots Part D, uh a parody comedy from the early 90s great movie he's got a part in that uh that's pretty awesome so he's out there he's in different things just keep an eye out for him as 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 most of this cast is
1: yeah yeah this is this is a like who's who cast um he actually he played zazu in the lion king also oh that's that's it
0: that was there was one sitting on top of my head i was like what's that one part that everybody
1: knows him from what is that more than even mr bean oh yeah. Z- yeah. Zazu. Impeccable timing, your majesty. Um so Rowan Atkinson plays uh in the Blackadder series this character Edmund Blackadder and more specifically he plays um 4 to 6 different Edmund Blackadders over the course of the series because each series takes place at a different historical period uh in British history and each series is uh kind of about a different descendant in this family line of characters called Blackadder. Um In every series, there's also a a kind of like a a dog's body or a uh, like a a sidekick character named Baldrick, played by Tony Robinson, who um, becomes like progressively more and more uh, stupid as the series goes on um, the the homer simpson effect 100 percent. and then there's kind of a revolving cast of like huge names in british comedy stephen fry uh is featured heavily in a lot of seasons of the show hugh Laurie, right who people probably know mostly from house i would assume but um he sort of got his start as a as a comedian in britain in the eighties. And this was kind of, uh, an early spotlight for him, Miranda Richardson. Um, there's a ton of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is the 1927 Yankees of British comedians right here. You have some of the best and most successful British comedians of the 1980s on one series, that just were hitting out of the park nonstop.
1: And it's interesting because the original series of Blackadder, we're going to go into the history of it a little bit before we actually talk about the special because I love this series a lot and I I need an excuse to talk about it. Yay, um, story time! Story time. <laughs> so the original series was written by Rowan Atkinson and Richard Curtis and it takes place uh, during the fictional reign of King Richard the Fourth. Uh, between the death of Richard III and the rise of Henry Tudor. And it sort of uh, supposes uh, that Richard III was actually not such a bad guy. And most of like the bad things about him were Tudor propaganda, which is great. Um, and in that <laughs> series, the the Edmund Blackadder character is actually kind of an idiot. He's he's a, a cowardly, kind of foolish, like over-the-top character. And the Baldrick character is actually a little bit smarter than he is. Um and after that series ended, they brought it back for a second season, which takes place during the reign of Elizabeth the I. And in that one, like the roles kind of shift and and Black Adder becomes this sort of cunning and um smartest guy in the room character who's always kind of under the thumb of some stupid aristocrat and Baldrick kind of switches into that role as the stupid sidekick. And that's sort of the dynamic that they would have through the end of the series and all the specials as well.
0: Yeah, it's a real interesting premise. It all Richard III actually wins uh, his battle, uh, which battle was that that uh he lost at uh
1: Bosworth Field, I think.
0: Yeah, and he so he wins that one but dies like immediately afterwards. So it's it's an interesting prep. I looked up the Wikipedia before we started, feeling, yeah, so I got some ideas in my head. And um, I just want to ask John real quick
1: as an aside, you're a Big like Richard the Third fan, right? Oh, like... I love that. I love the play Richard III. Okay, like the Third. Like... Okay, the Shakespeare play. Right. Um, Not the the historical figure is interesting as well, but I just I was wondering what your thoughts were about seeing that
0: type of uh alternate history there with him. I thought that was pretty interesting.
1: Well, you find because like all the guys who are writing on this show are like are stupidly intelligent too. There's that thing. I mean, a lot like the Monty Python guys where they're all like like road scholars, it's it's like all of these guys are so smart. So a lot of the things you see happen in Black Adder are these really canny parodies of the literature of the time. Like they parody Shakespeare a ton um, as they move forward. And every series is kind of like both a satire of that time period, but also a satire of like the modern day through the lens of that time period. Mm. It's it's such a great show for a show that I think on its surface, you could watch it and be like, oh, it's a lot of like, you know, punchline jokes and and toilet humor. Um, But when you really like look at the way the the series is are um, structured, especially getting up to the last series that takes place in World War One, which is really, really top notch and has like a surprisingly poignant ending for a comedy series. um, I'm rambling because it's just like so good.
0: No, I've always, that's the one I want to go watch because that's the one either people love or they hate. And that makes me interested a lot. And I, I it's, it's set in World War One, which, you know, we, we don't talk about it as much as we should because that war really did shape the 20th century, you know. Yeah, and, what
1: I'll say about the, the fourth series is um, I think the fourth series is the point where the formula starts to feel a little bit stale. But the actual like moments that are written in that are sort of payoffs for the characters after four seasons are like the absolute strongest. It's also Stephen Fry's best season on the show. The character that he plays in series four is unbelievable is so funny what we are going to be talking about today specifically is the uh black edder christmas special which is called black edder's christmas carol um which is kind of a standalone it's not set in the same time period as any of the other series it's sort of set between uh the end of the third series and the beginning of the fourth series so after um I think the, the third series takes place in sort of like the Regency era it's like the um, late 1700s early 1800s somewhere around there and the next series obviously will be World War One, so that's 1917 so this Christmas special which is set in you know 1843 lands right between them and it's sort of like a one off character Ebenezer Blackadder that he plays in this version
0: yeah it's a nice little concept and uh, yeah last just talking back about season 3 it was uh, the Reign of George the
1: fourth. Yeah. So fun. Good stuff. And we'll see a little bit of that when we go forward, which is one of the fun things about this special. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched a documentary about this show um, a little while ago. And the thing that it kind of, I they talk about doing this Christmas special and how getting the chance to do a Christmas special when you are like a British TV show like this is actually kind of a big deal. It's not like the office where they do a Christmas episode every year or something like that. Um, That's kind of what we expect from American TV. But um, in with British TV to be asked by the BBC to produce like a holiday special episode is a really big deal. It's a sign that your show is very popular. So that's why I think you see that with like the Doctor Who Christmas specials are like a big tradition every year um, on that show.
0: Well, that's the thing. The more successful, like you're saying, the more successful the series, the big, they ask you for this Christmas special, and that's a big deal. But sometimes series have them, and then sometimes they go away. So it, like Doctor Who right now, they're actually, their dates are all over the place. I'm wondering if that has to do with the lower ratings,
1: but. Why don't we get into it? This is Jacob Marley is Dead, and we're talking about Black Adder's Christmas Carol
0: in those ships all three on christmas day on christmas day and one was in those ships all three on christmas day
1: in the morning so we we kind of jump right into it um sort of reminiscent of the richard williams version we get some nice etchings to start things off um and we we get some narration by some narrator, it's not any character in the show, talking about the reign of good Queen Vic, which I always think is very funny <laughs> at the start of this, yeah. and how Ebenezer Blackadder is the, the nicest man in England, and he's a, the proprietor of a mustache shop. And this gets a huge laugh, which if you don't know
0: anything about Blackadder and know about how awful he is then this makes no like, why is that? He was the nicest, like what? But if you're in the know, or at least know that you've seen enough to know that he's not that nice of a guy, it is a great laugh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so to, to give context for people who haven't seen black Adder, the character black Adder is a bad person overall. He's an incredibly intelligent person and he's usually surrounded by people who are not as smart as he is. Um, And his, his, usually episodes revolve around him trying to connive some way to like make some money or, or advantage himself in some way, but it's usually impeded by either the incompetence of Baldrick or, um, Something that he arrogantly overlooks in his plan because he thinks that his plan can't possibly fail or um, whatever stupid aristocrat that he is is immediately under in rank does something to mess him up. So having... um Having him in this play, the nicest person who's incredibly generous and naive and and kind of a pushover, is a really funny switch to that. And it's the kind of a double layered thing in this because this is also supposed to be our Ebenezer Scrooge for this version of a Christmas Carol, um, but he's kind of the inverse of Scrooge in every way, as we will come to see.
0: Right, which is taking. I mean, it's it's collective knowledge by this point that Blackadder is a villain normally, so having him start off as a good decent person can it sets it up for where we're going and the audience is already on board they like oh i see what's happening here even before we get like 30 seconds into it if you're in if you're watching this in 1989 1990 you you know exactly what's going on
1: yeah yeah uh this came out in in uh 88 by the way i don't know if i mentioned that oh. earlier oh my bad yeah yeah um sorry um so uh, he's kind of like he's kind of like Scrooge at the end right like it's almost like this is what would what Scrooge would be like maybe not quite as much of a pushover but we would hope yeah <laughs> we, we would hope that, that Scrooge would still have some good sense about him but right right um it, the opening song is like is the black adder theme song but with lyrics all about what a nice guy he is and about how he like doesn't tolerate like naughty words and and things like that um and then we hear him like shouting humbug humbug and it sounds really aggressive and then he comes in the door and he's like offering baldrick a humbug which is i guess some kind of like christmas treat in like a little baggie Best joke of the episode. I'm
0: sorry. Like it was, it was such a line drive. It, it was amazing. It was like because you you forget because the scenery is so. You're so familiar with the setting. You're so familiar with a Christmas Carol setting. Not only the Black Outer setting, but we all know the story of a Christmas Carol. So you're not batting an eye at humbug. Not at the beginning of that joke. But by the second or third humbug, you might be like, wait, isn't this guy supposed to love Christmas? And just as you have that thought, humbug, sir. And it's it's so amazing. It's such a that is
1: a genius joke. Honestly. Now, what I do think is really funny is he is like the nicest guy in the world and he's very generous and all that, as we'll see in the upcoming scenes. But he's still like kind of takes the piss out of Baldric a little bit which i feel like is really funny that like it doesn't matter how nice black adder is what generation Baldric is always still gonna like take it a little bit <laughs> that's just kind of how it's gonna have to go
0: in the nicest way like he is trying like it's more or like less just like little microaggressions all the yeah. time <laughs> like it's just like little snipes here and there and you you can watch this and be like, oh, he's being really mean spirited. But at the same time, this guy's a freaking idiot. <laughs> he's
1: yeah, just yeah.
0: so dumb.
1: Yeah. Tony Robinson, who plays Baldrick, is is kind of a genius. I mean, the, like and if you see him in interviews and stuff, it's funny because he's this like very like articulate, well-spoken guy. But Baldrick is like is always kind of implied to be like a slightly inbred like he's a representation of like the the lowest class. Of British society down through history, like the serfs. That's just sort of his role in the show.
0: Mm. He, like that, he's just he does it so well. It rem- yeah. it remind it reminds me of their relationship. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Doctor Frankenstein and um, Igor from Young Frankenstein. Like they just they have this rapport between the two of them. That's amazing, and I yeah. I could yeah. watch them all live long day
1: yeah yeah it's really really good um there's this really funny bit where like he uh baldrick is showing him like that christmas card that he wrote that they're gonna send to the printers and he, <laughs> he's reading it and like he hasn't used any of the right letters to spell christmas and he's sort of like going out like oh well christmas has an e in it and and also uh, uh or not an e uh, what am i talking about has an a in it and also an i and a t and an H and an M and an S. <laughs> oh, you forgot the C as well.
0: <laughs> I, they, they don't show it. And I want to see it. I want to see how he got to Christmas. Like you just you have a ma- very messy Christmas. It just, you really only got there from have a. Yeah. And then you were able to finish it because it's supposed to say Merry Christmas. But my gosh, what a, what a wonderful. It's really funny. Like, just honestly, it's just a really funny bit.
1: And that's the thing, like the thing with, with Blackadder, too, that I think a lot of like sitcoms of this type kind of fall short with is like you can kind of usually see the punchline coming. So it's not the punchline to the joke that makes it funny so much as Rowan Atkinson and Tony Robinson and their delivery of of these lines that these characters have and their timing and their attitude is so spot on all the time this is a really good example like if this if you find this funny the whole series is like this especially i would say series two and three are like top notch in terms of this kind of stuff
0: yeah i i just gotta see if i have the time i mean there's just there's so much content out there sure
1: no one can consume all of
0: it and we're attempting to get all of the christmas carol and we're not even gonna do that so like i'll see if i can get to it but
1: yeah. What's nice about it is they're short. They're like British TV series, so they're like six episodes. Like, they're not very long.
0: There we go. Quality over quantity, people. Quality over quantity.
1: Yeah. We're, we we kind of get this set up here that... Uh, He's been giving a lot of money away like he doesn't he can't really afford to get like all of the nicest things for Christmas. And maybe he could if he wasn't constantly being like generous and Baldrick kind of implies that he's also being ripped off most of the time by like con men. And then we we flash over to my favorite characters in this, which are Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, played by Jim uh, Broadbent and Miriam Margolis, who I guess most of our listeners will probably know from Harry Potter, right? Jim Broadbent plays Slughorn. Miriam Margolis plays. um, Oh, Madam Pomfrey. Who's the Hufflepuff. House leader person.
0: Is it the same person in charge of herbology?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a bad millennial, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) No, you're a good Um, one. We, yeah, it's, we don't need to know everything. (laughs) We can't consume all media. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to be, to be fair. If the only thing that you know these two actors from is Harry Potter, like branch out a little bit because yeah. they're tremendous, like tremendous performers in other places. Uh, you, just watch Hot Fuzz. You'll see Jim there in something
0: go. pretty good in there, okay? Just there do yourself you a favor, pop up. I'm yeah. not gonna judge you if you haven't
1: seen it, but do yourself a favor. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so these two characters are really funny. He's kind of like super. Uh, uh, incompetent, like he, he keeps like revealing what her Christmas presents are, and then <laughs> then being like, oh damn! And he's got this like heavy German accent, which is very good. I mean, um, yeah, I
0: don't know if it's quite not offensive, like it's pretty. Like I'm sure if you were German, it was right on the cusp. But I will say this: he is so sweet and endearing here. Like he's just he's fawning over the queen and so in love, and it's wonderful to watch. Two very nice people. Just my my, my heart.
1: (laughs) My These two are uh, they are definitely like Blackadder alumni. I know that both of them are in series one. They play like a really funny pair of characters that are kind of paired up in that as well. Mm. I don't remember if if he appears in any other episodes off the top of my head. But I know that she has a couple of really funny appearances throughout the series. Um. And in this, as Queen Victoria, like an amazing casting choice. So, what's basically happening here is every year, I guess, at Christmas time, the Queen and and the Prince disguise themselves as commoners, and they go out to like reward the the kindest and most generous people in the kingdom. This is a
0: uh, parody of a pretty modern version of uh, Deus Ex Machina, God in the Machine, um, and uh, This was used in Pirates of Penzance and Three Penny Opera, for examples, like this idea of in the third act or whatever, they'll show up. It's it's very famous.
1: And then we flash back to Ebenezer Blackadder and Baldrick. And Blackadder has brought in the world's like a twig, basically like a Christmas twig, like a little branch of a Christmas tree. Um, There's, they make kind of like a predictable, like it's not the size that matters joke, which I could have done without, but whatever it was. Yeah, It is. It is the 1980s. Like, it, it's not like that's like the freshest. You're going
0: to, you're going to walk into some just poor jokes once in a while when watching anything before 2017, probably. Um, but I would say about this Christmas twig, um, it was like it heard the Charlie Brown Christmas tree saying, I'm the worst Christmas tree ever. And the twig said, hold my beer. It yeah. was, it's so sad and pathetic. And yet the line about it's not the size, but how you use it or whatever, where you where you put it was accurate because he puts it in his a candle holder, right? Yeah. And it's freaking beautiful right there.
1: Yeah. It's so you cute. are you are as optimistic about it as Blackadder is. Baldrick is not as uh, not as impressed. And this is sort of where he says, like, I mean, we could have gotten a bigger one if you weren't giving away all our money. And then like almost on cue, in comes Mrs. Scratchit. Um, this actress is really funny. I, I I don't know that she's in any other Blackadder things, but she's very funny in this.
0: No, I looked her up, though. She is pretty well accomplished. I think she did a lot of West End stuff. Uh, okay. But uh, just from what I'm remembering from the Wikipedia pages, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, but I will say that, no, she owns
1: every moment of every scene she's in. She's yeah. hysterical. Yeah, so she's like a like Mrs. Scratchit, a match saleswoman, which is funny cuz you scratch it. Um <laughs> and she comes in talking about how like they're so poor and the only thing they're going to be able to eat is whatever granddad scrapes from under his toenails and what will poor tiny tom eat and and even blackadder's like tiny tom is built like a brick privy. Mm. <laughs> if he eats any more, he's going to turn into a pie shop and <laughs> Um, she basically like strong arms him with like a lot of strong emotions into buying her matches for like a pound a piece. So and at the start of this, he has what, 17 pounds and a penny. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then
1: it's down to, I think,
0: eight and a penny left or whatever at the end. of oh, this He's scene? down
1: down to a penny because he gives away all 17.
0: Oh, golly. Gee, this guy, yeah. this poor, yeah. poor, poor black adder. Yeah. Not a, a sucker. Phrase- Not a phrase used outside of this episode from what I can take.
1: (laughs) And I think Rowan Atkinson's really good because you 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 simultaneously believe that this guy is like stupendously generous, but also that he like kind of is starting to see through this. Like he knows that he's being taken, but he's just too nice to actually stand up for himself.
0: It's almost like he's about to have a nervous breakdown when he goes to bed tonight. Just saying.
1: Yeah. Almost a little bit like, like something's going to happen. Um, (laughs) So she leaves and they they kind of go over into the other room and they're like, well, at least we still have, you know, our presents. And he's got this like tiny little pile of presents and our goose and this bowl of nuts. And that's kind of like his Christmas spread, um, him and Baldrick. So there's a lot of scenes kind of piled on top of each other. Is this where Baldrick does the um, the story about the nativity play? That might have actually happened a little bit before the Mrs. Scratchit thing, I think but it it's worth happened, talking about.
0: I think it happened right at the door. And so Bald- Waldray is talking about how they're doing a show for the orphans, the nativity scene, and how unfortunately there's not enough orphans to go around, so they had to cast baby Jesus as a dog. And if you listened to our show last time, I thought this is
1: hysterical. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It was like Little Lucy. Little Lucy. <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh there actually are there's a few places where i was like oh this reminds me of that thing from previous episode this is like the grand unifying theory Oh um so what's funny about this is like i guess in the story the dog like the the sheep in the nativity play are also dogs that have like wool glued to them and the baby jesus dog sees them and like takes off and baldrick says tries to get a piggyback ride from one of them which i think implies something else in his innocent little mind
0: you think
1: yeah (laughs) Now, what's really funny is there's a line from this that that was in the original broadcast that has since been cut when it's broadcast, where Baldrick says they plan to nail the dog to a cross for Easter. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. (laughs) And I mean, I get why you cut that. That's a little extreme, but it's that's pretty funny
0: different time know. man you can talk about two dogs about to do the nasty but you can't mention
1: jesus getting nailed to the cross but well listen and and it's i think it's probably the animal cruelty more than anything else but that that cut was made literally like 1990 like like almost immediately after this originally aired well i bet dude i
0: i i i get the idea that it's about animal cruelty i actually think there's probably like there's probably a also like your defamation of like Jesus wouldn't want this type of thing, you know? Sure, like, prob- yeah, probably, which is, I think he wouldn't care and maybe have a chuckle. I don't know. I like to think the Lord and Savior had a sense of humor, but there, but neither here nor there. Um, it's a funny joke, it should be left in, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so then, uh, we are introduced to Millicent. Who is who is, I guess, the Fred character in this. Yes, we don't have there aren't a lot of like one to one besides Scrooge in Uh, this version. This is Perry from Doctor Who, Nicola Brandt,
0: and she is funny in this special.
1: Yeah. And most people are, I, I can't really point to anyone in this way. I'd be like, that's the weak link right there. She's very good though. So she's got this like really high pitched laugh. As soon as she like kind of pops her head in the window before coming in, mm. they put on a pair of earmuffs just to like kind of cut down the noise. <laughs> um, and she comes in and she's, she's awful, which in keeping with blackadder tradition, there are always these kind of like entitled aristocrat characters who end up kind of um getting in black adder's way at some form or another.
0: Yeah. And she has this laugh that is Homer would write a story of this laugh. Okay. Like, yeah, this is a Greek tragedy. This laugh, it is horrendous. And so, and so it is also then very, very, very funny.
1: Um, So he's got a present for her, which is this like hat. And then he's got a scarf and a pair of mittens that are for him and Baldrick. And of course, she takes all three and he's too nice to do anything about it. Um, And and then she says she's going to like be back with her fiance for lunch tomorrow.
0: Yeah, we'll get back to him. Maybe that's the wink link. Uh, No, it's at this point, everybody else is not showing the holiday spirit. They are not you know, they're not showing goodwill towards people and sc- our Scrooge is just taking the brunt of it. And I think it's, uh, it's a very nice, you can start seeing it's like, Oh, this is, he's seeing the worst of humanity right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways. One, it's like the, he's seeing kind of like the worst elements of the season, the, the taking and like the, the greediness and a lot of the tropes of a Christmas carol end up getting turned on their heads in this, which is, it's interesting how well that fits with the formula of blackadder, the
0: entitlement of the season. Like I'm entitled to presents, I'm
1: entitled to being taken care of like that.
0: That other aspect of it.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to remember who's next. Cause there's like a whole string of people, I guess. Is, is the is nec- it, Yeah. Is the next one, the kid, there's like a kid who shows up singing a Christmas carol and then he gives him his last penny. And then that's the kid who runs away and he's like, Oh, are you going to buy like a Christmas pie for your gray haired old mother? And he's like, no, I'm I'm going to the gin shop. <laughs> I think, I think that's the next one.
0: And then I think we get the orphans.
1: Yeah. The beetle, the beetle and the orphans are the next one. Um, what's I going on? I thought that gin chop line was funny because it reminded me of, of when they buy the street gin in Scrooge.
0: Yeah, that is that's a nice little callback there, and I, I like that one. But I'm sorry, sorry, gin kid, but
1: what the hell's going on with this beetle and these three adult orphans? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the next guy who comes in is this beetle, and this guy, I, f- I forget the actor's name, but he he uh played um kind of like a one-off role in season three, which came right before this Christmas special. um, That was also very funny. Like there's a lot of just like really great walk-on performances, but he comes in and he's got these three, like very large. I mean, they're adult actors playing little boys and they're all like very kind of portly and round. And they've all got like the same kind of like little weird sailor suit. They look like Donald duck. They are haunting.
0: They are the thing that nightmares are made of. Oh my God. Like You're not doing a fat man any, any, you know, favors by putting him in a Donald duck sailor uniform. Let's just be honest there. Okay. As a fat guy, yeah. I can tell you right now, uh-uh. but it's the staying at the door. It's the way that there's three of them. And why are they with the beetle? And this is just, it's good that it's making me uncomfortable. It's part of the humor of it. But at yeah. the same time, I could have gone my whole life without seeing that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So they take Black the, adder, Yeah. So they they kind of con him out of the Christmas nuts, like the bowl of nuts, the solid the glued together <laughs> bowl, of nuts. bowl
0: of nuts. This is when it was like like. That looks suspicious there. Nothing moving that. And then, and they like did it on very quickly to make sure you didn't see that it was all glued together. Like the beetle picks it up off the table and like swoops it under his robe. So like, no, no one sees a
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's funny because the guy's like, like talking about how like, oh, they've they've eaten all the Christmas nuts. And Blackadder's like, oh, well you could have these nuts if you want. And he's like, no, Mr. Blackadder. I couldn't, as he's like picking the bowl up and he's like, is this, is this, is this all there is? is this is, mm-hmm. I'll oh, have to do. And then they sort of leave. And with all of these characters, it's in, it's told that like, they're going to come back tomorrow. So it's like Chekhov's, there's a lot of Chekhov's guns happening in the first 20 minutes of this special.
0: Yeah. They're setting up a lot of stuff here, but, but it's not at a pace that we can't either keep up with it or we don't know what's going on because it's there's no time to worry because it's bit after bit after bit that isn't left
1: like, like we're we know there's a to be continued, like you're saying, so we're not yeah. left
0: wanting at that point, yeah.
1: And each time we're we're he we're seeing him become increasingly desperate in in his like struggle to be generous but also like keep something for himself and for Baldrick for Christmas. And 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 this is Christmas Eve, yeah. You don't think the Twelve
0: days of Christmas leading up to this weren't a horror show for this guy. Yeah. With like, cause they have nothing. They have nothing in the shop.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, within this, he gives away everything that's left of his profits for the year. Um. The year! Yeah. <laughs> and then Poor guy. The, the last the last people to show up are, of course, the cleverly disguised Albert and Victoria, whose disguises are Uh, useless they are the they are the worst disguises ever which is very funny they're accompanied by like a palace guard in full uniform and they both just kind of have like thrown like a black cape over their royal garments
0: it's the victorian era equivalent of when the ninja turtles will put on a fedora and a trench coat like it's like come on turtles we see you right there
1: yeah yeah Um, there's a really funny bit in here where, um, because of Albert's very heavy German accent, he asks him like, Oh, you're not from around here. And he's like, nine, nine, I am from Glasgow. (laughs) And they have like kind of some dialogue about that. That's very good. I feel this is the hardest thing in the world actually to talk about like something that's way funnier than anything you were going to say about it. Like by describing all of these things, I feel like I'm making them less funny.
0: I mean, Yeah.
1: That's it. That's all you got? I mean, You're you're
0: saying something that's accurate, John. I'm agreeing with yeah. you. What more can I say to your like? This is what is happening right now, people. We are talking about a version of a Christmas Carol that is not either the normal structure of the of the of the novella, but is so it's weird. But you know, so there's that. But we're just talking about a really good special.
1: Yeah, it's very very good. It's just that's all we're doing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, these like short little TV ones seem to be the ones where we're like, this is great. Oh,
0: yeah. It's like they don't try to make, you know, puff it up and do it poor.
1: Well, this is a moment, though, where you you almost expect like they're showing up at his door and we know they're on this like errand of mercy to to reward like the most generous people. So you're like, oh, OK, so they're showing up here. Obviously, like he's going to get this little reprieve here and he's going to be rewarded for everything. And no. No. They are, in fact, here to collect charity to give to the kind little old lady next door. Right. And they ask him for like 10 pounds, which obviously he doesn't have because he's given away all his money. And um, they're like, well, do you have anything else? Maybe a turkey. And that's literally the last thing he has left is this tiny little like Cratchit family turkey that's been sitting there as everything else got whittled away. And he, of course, gives it away.
0: Yes, he does. And that was psychologically the last straw to break his back because my gosh, he's so defeated in that moment and he knows that there's no way out. But I'm wondering if this was just the test they were running on the people of this street or wherever. Like, we just want to see and make sure that you are charitable before we give you
1: you know, your third yeah, act unwa- reward. That's actually an interesting point, but uh, like they arrived after everyone's kind of like bled him a little bit dry.
0: Right. Oh, well, I'm sure it will oh. all work itself out oh. in the morning.
1: I guess we'll find out. Um, before we do that, however, we're going to pay our clerk. So stick around. We will be right back. If I stopped your half a crown it, you'd think yourself who you wouldn't you? Hm? But you don't think me or you, if I pay a day's wages for no work, do you? Hmm? Jeez, only one cigar, sir. It's a poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every twenty fifth of December. Yes, sure. Hi, everybody. If you're anything like me, you've been listening to podcasts pretty much as long as podcasts have been a thing, and you've always dreamed that one day you would find a topic you were really passionate about, and you would make that dream podcast yourself. Unfortunately, in today's day and age, when everybody and their mom and their mom's dog has a podcast, and there are so many different podcast hosting platforms to choose from, it can be a little bit difficult to find something that fits both your needs and your budget. And that is where Anchor comes in. If you are someone just breaking into the podcast scene and you're looking for a place to uh, get started hosting your podcast, Anchor is a great choice. For starters, it's totally free. There's no charge to host the files that you need for your podcast. It also has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're someone who hasn't broken into using GarageBand or Audacity or a more professional program to record your podcast... Anchor has all of the tools you need to record right from your phone or computer. Anchor also provides seamless distribution to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms, so it's really easy for you to reach a broad audience. If you're looking to monetize your podcast, you can do so with no minimum listenership through Anchor. Just record an ad and put a sponsorship segment in your show, and you're good to go. It's everything that you need to make a podcast— right in one place. If you want to get started recording that podcast you've always dreamed about today, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. And that is why Rocky Road is definitively the best ice cream. Fine, I'll give you that if you agree that... If
0: you say that the Toy Story's toys are not alive one more time,
1: I will shove Rex up your... (laughs) Do you miss sitting around the table getting into long debates about meaningless nonsense? Toys do not have souls! So, are we getting hot wings? Then you need the Moral Combat Podcast, where we take all of your favorite pop culture arguments and debate them tournament style. Except while we argue, it's our audience that determines the winner. I used to have trouble sleeping. I just couldn't turn off my brain. Now I drift off planning my own Moral Combat argument. I often have strange opinions, but can't share them with my family without being disowned. So I called the Moral Combat Hotline. They have to listen. And now I can attend Thanksgiving.
0: Before I started listening to Moral Combat, I had no friends or confidence. Now
1: it feels like I have six new friends, and only one of them is
0: imaginary and speaks in parcel tongue.
1: Now I don't have to be the bad guy in my marriage. They can tell her how bad her taste in movies are. Recorded live via Twitch every week, come hang out and get back to discussing the important things. Available on all podcatchers by searching Moral Combat Pod. Thanks, Mortal Combat! Follow us at Moral Combat Pod on all social media platforms, or go to our website, www.MoralCombatPod.com, to find out if we're right for you. Side effects may include shouting at your listening device, replicating similar arguments with your loved ones, voting on multiple platforms for the same matchup, submissions of your own picks, urges to leave voicemails, desires to guest hosts, pondering who hurt Greg, and many, many more. And we are back. Uh, so you may recall from before that break, Ebenezer Black Adder was slowly <laughs> bled dry of every bit of Christmas that he had left. And he has now returned mm. to his small little room with the like inspirational cross stitch on the wall, getting ready for bed.
0: Yep. It's sad, sad, sad. But he's in his bed. He's settled in for the night. Uh, Before he gets in his bed, though, he is warned that there was somebody in the uh, study, some spiritual bloke, who was trying to get direction somewhere and uh, something about he'll be back later tonight. Uh, And
1: that was it. That's Baldric, right? That tells yep. him that? Baldric yeah. tells him that. That's like a super Blackadder trope of like Baldric kind of giving you the clue about what's going to happen before anything else because he just is so blissfully unaware of anything.
0: Look, I wish I hadn't brought that up because that's a hink in my uh, everything's a dream uh, theory. But you know, yeah. Baldric yeah. just having a vision?
1: Plausible. So he's in his bed and our, our final hogwarts professor comes through the door hagrid 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 robbie coltrane looking quite a bit like hagrid this is just hagrid this is just
0: hagrid that's all that's happening here it's hysterical i swear when i first watched this it was like 2002 or so so there had been a couple of potter movies i was like wait, did this get made like last year or something like this? Yes. Like, is this like an in joke that he's basically Hagrid in this special? It's uncanny. It, I mean, look, yeah. it's him being some sort of version of father Christmas known as the spirit of Christmas. Sure. But so it's not I guess Hagrid's very close to that. But Wowzers, Batman!
1: Batman. Um, and it's funny. There's a there's a version of this that we're going to watch eventually that has a very similar spirit, like Ghost of Christmas past that is very similar to this design. And I'm interested to talk to you about it when we get there. Mm. But yeah, he's got like he's got like a like a lumberjack shirt and suspenders and this big, long, like furry cloak and this like wild beard and crazy hair it's very hagrid it's just hagrid yeah. <laughs> like it's like honestly you put even it even I, if this wasn't robbie coltrane i'd still be like uh, uh, that's hagrid. hagrid that's hagrid anybody in that costume it's hagrid yeah. oh my yeah. gosh
0: he comes in very hagrid <laughs> like too
1: yeah. yeah he busts down the door yeah. and, and like, like hagrid like yeah.
0: hagrid how does hagrid enter i'm not gonna spoil the books but like come on like you know if you know and you know like this is very hagrid like
1: (laughs) yeah yeah totally um and it's funny he's doing this bit he's like waving his hands around because he's a ghost so he's like making like like the kind of noises with his mouth and he's very 80s. 80s trope by the way very like like 80s into early 90s like we're going to make fun
0: of like the th- we've all grew up on television so we're going to make fun of television
1: yeah yeah and and he's he's doing bits with it he's like ooh ooh, ooh. <laughs> and like <laughs> it's very good and and is <laughs> just like what what is this who are you? <laughs> it's awesome um, Yeah, it's really, it's really, really, really excellent. And there's like smoke and like green and blue lights and all this like great, like just kind of cheap, but good practical effects. Um, 1980s Doctor Who. Yeah. And so this guy is a stand in for all the ghosts. He is Marley. He is, you know, past, present and future. Um, and, And it's sort of like he's doing a bit with it where like you know he's saying like oh i'm you know the spirit of christmas really nice to meet you he's very casual which is which is great and he's like uh you know i'm just doing you know christmas haunting getting misers to reform their ways and he's like i'm just stopping in to tell you you're doing a great job and then he goes to leave he's just like stopping in to be like oh yeah you're 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 killing it with all of this stuff
0: and if he had just done what that what he intended to do all would have been well But Blackadder couldn't help but being Blackadder and offered him a drink. And because Hagrid likes to get drunk, he says, well, well, if you got something more medicinal. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's offering him tea. He's offering him a spot of tea. And this Blackadder doesn't have anything in the house that's alcoholic. Yeah. Except for maybe what the medicine that he had there. For,
1: yeah. Yeah. Like bruise ointment or something. Like it's, it's like, like some, which probably was mostly just alcohol, like some kind of liniment. And right.
0: Hagrid looks at it like it's the fine stuff, like, oh, top shelf here. Oh, very yeah, nice. Yeah. You're all going to be good, boy. <laughs> and he starts drinking. And they have a different way of doing it. Because in this version, it's more about like ancestors and stuff like that. Right. Yeah
1: yeah and, he's, well, and he sort of talks to him he's like so like how do you like how do you reform these misers right and he's like oh you know sometimes it's just like showing them what you know they did when they were kids in school or sometimes um you know showing them uh you know the future or like their ancestors that kind of thing um and he's like uh, you won't need any of that will you <laughs> you're 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 the good kind he's like oh but you want you don't want to know about your ancestors and he kind of like lays it in there and then blackadder's like oh they were bad huh i should not have said that I should not have said that I shouldn't
0: have said that why why yeah. the yeah. prime directive
1: don't break the prime directive here dude
0: <laughs> you're screwing it up
1: <laughs> so, so he's like oh you have no idea they were so awful here but why don't I show you one and he sort of like waves his hands around and, and makes a noise and we get a flashback to Black Adder the <laughs> second
0: Yeah, not right? black so adder the um the uh the first, which I would have suspected.
1: I've wondered why they made that choice. And I I do think that the show became more popular in the second season. Friends um who know more about the show than I do, please let me know if I'm wrong. But for a couple of reasons, I think the formula kind of locked in then, like basically Blackadder as as a show doesn't change very much aside from time period from the second season through the end. Like the character of Blackadder is basically the same character with like a couple of minor differences depending on the situation. Baldrick is essentially the same character. And there's like a revolving cast of characters around them that change, but only so much from the second season onward. The the first season is very different, right? It has a different feel, a different kind of tone. The character of Blackadder is very different. And I think they had to choose, they had the time to do like, two versions of past black adder and then there's like a future one that they do and the fourth season hadn't been done yet so they couldn't do right like the world war 1 era black adder and it also wouldn't have made sense to show the world war 1 black adder that's like that one doesn't kind of fit the formula for reasons that um are spoilery and I don't want to talk about right. so i think the the choice to make it black adder the second and black adder the third kind of makes sense from that perspective
0: that works i mean that's as good of a reason as any i'm happy they did because this is hysterical setting it stuff because you've got the character of queenie apparently uh Uh, yes which is queen elizabeth and it's hysterical blackadder is in her court and trying to make this queen happy
1: and um has gotten her a gift john yeah, so so we we get you know Blackadder the Second with his like roughly collar and stuff, and he's gotten Queen Elizabeth, who is played by Miranda Richardson, mm. um, another Harry Potter alum. That's oh yeah, that's true. Rita Gosh, I didn't Think about that. Gosh, there's a lot in this. That's so interesting. Um, well, but yeah, she's yeah. great. So her 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 run on Blackadder season two is really hilarious. Um, and the dynamics of that season are basically. Uh, she's super unpredictable. She's constantly like threatening to cut people's heads off over like the slightest things and then going back on it. And the, the dynamic of that season is that black adder and Stephen Fry's character, Lord Melchett are two like members of the court who are constantly just trying to vie for like the upper hand in terms of her favor. They hate each other. um, And they're constantly trying to either like one up each other or undermine each other to kind of get her approval. And uh, in this one, he's gotten this portrait for her that has kind of this curtain in front of it, like hanging in front of it so she can't see it. And he's bringing it into her as a Christmas present. And as he comes in, she and her nurse, uh, Nursie, who is one of the funniest characters in all of black adder. Like you don't get a ton of good stuff with her in this particular special, but she's got to be like top five funniest characters on this show. Um, But they're tearing up like Christmas decorations. Elizabeth has decided she doesn't like Christmas for some reason. And that if anyone gives her a gift, she's going to cut their head off. So he's like, Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> the apple don't fall too far from the tree. It seems. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that is kind of the joke. They they talk about that a lot. Um, and and the audience doesn't laugh at it, and I'll get at that in a second cuz there's an yeah. amazing
0: joke coming up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um so she asks him like what the what the present is and he's like, "Oh, it's a window, but I see you have one, so I'm just going to go." And so he leaves and he hands the painting to Baldrick and he punches Baldrick through the painting.
0: Such a stupid move such a stupid move because I don't know where this is in the continuity of season two. Right. Yeah. But I got to imagine by this point, black outer knows that Queenie probably has like a flippant decision making process. So like there's a possibility of this getting just turned around right away. Yeah. Just stash the present. Just be like, okay, I'll just wait until about four o'clock when this decision gets overruled. And then here's the present. Like,
1: yeah dumb man it is, it is uh, yeah and i'm gonna say this a lot throughout this special but it's like a classic blackadder bit where like a decision gets made and he's like uh oh, fine and he gets rid of whatever the thing is or or you know makes it so that he's never going to be able to reverse the decision only to have it come back around stephen fry shows up as melchit and they have this really good exchange where he's like uh just so you know melchit the uh queen uh doesn't uh want any christmas presents so don't give her one, and Melchett of course doesn't trust him, and he's like, okay, I'll you know I'll believe that when Helfreys is over, and he goes in to give the queen a present, and Blackadder kind of follows after to be like, okay, <laughs> let's see how this goes.
0: So before this, before he goes in with his present, Queenie and Nursey are talking and talking about the season and reminiscing about it, and it's the inevitable face turn on the holiday that you know is coming, yeah. yeah. And as they're talking about it. They would talk about how they would know by that season whether or not King Henry VIII was gonna get a new was gonna get rid of his wife or not, because we always knew they were safe if Father gave them a hat. <laughs> it's an
1: amazing joke. And yeah, it's not a real a, history nerd joke.
0: And not a peep from the audience, which two things. One, if this is canned audio. They wanted only the smart people to laugh at that one at home, which, fair to them. And two, if it wasn't, if it was in front of a live studio audience, they are the dumbest live studio audience I have ever listened to in my life. What a great joke! What a
1: solid joke! So, Melchick comes in, and he's got this, like, elaborate crown that he pulls out from under his robe to give to the queen. And she's like, oh, good, a present. I love presents. And, of course, Blackadder's like, come on. Um, And... Then she turns the black at her and she's like, do you have a present for me? And he's like, ah, uh... and then, you know, she threatens to cut his head off because he doesn't have a present. And he's like, oh, OK. Um, and he reaches into his pocket. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but earlier in this little like kind of flash sideways, um, Baldrick gave him like a gag gift. That's like a little piece of paper with a death warrant on it. Which, and, which, come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. And so you know, uh, Blackadder reaches into his pocket and he pulls it out, and then he asks the Queen and Melchett for their autograph to keep him company as he as he waits for his his execution. So she signs Melchit's death warrant, <laughs> and he's going to get taken off to be beheaded.
0: And she can't go back on it because it would weaken the respect of the crown, like the yeah. like the position of the crown, which yeah. is like. That's
1: such a great joke if you're living in the United Kingdom in 1988. Like, like yeah, yeah. I think the the line is like, um, like I can't go back on it. Or she like looks dead at the camera and she's like, or it would undermine the entire British constitution. <laughs> right, like it's yeah.
0: fantastic.
1: Yeah, the way this show satirizes British like politics and British society uh, is really tremendous black adder ends up inheriting basically like all the stuff that like the queen was going to give melchit like a title and a castle and and like a uh attractive lady as his wife or whatever who was and, who was dating black adder at the time oh yeah yeah <laughs> that's true i forgot about that um and so then all of Melchett's stuff is basically going to be given to black adder and then the the flashback ends and we're back in the room with uh, Ebenezer and the ghost that's not what you want to be showing our poor Ebenezer here and so basically like this you start to see like the crack in in his worldview happening because he's like what what a what a cunning fellow like like what a witty move and he's like oh yeah but he was really terrible and 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 awful
0: yes yes but he was also quite funny and everything like that like yeah. he was his own hype man and it's you can see it's not an impossible turn because like we said these little like snipes and like n- like observations he would be making throughout the first act of the episode they're there so yeah. this plant is dying but only needs a little bit of water and ooh we're going to get a freaking bad flower in a little
1: bit yeah um so he he then goes to show him him another Uh, another vision to just really solidify like how bad these Black Adders are because I think the ghost can tell that he's like a little bit interested and he's like no I'm going to show you one that like really really will solidify it and we flash back to Black Adder the third so the third season of Black Adder This is probably my favorite season. I don't know that it's... I think most people would probably say the second season is the best. I, and I don't... They're all so good that it's hard to say. I think I like the character dynamics of this, and I particularly like a character we're going to meet in this version, which is Hugh Laurie as George IV. Really, really awesome. He's so good. He He never... Gives less than 100% to
0: anything he's doing. And he is on fire this entire episode. He's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's really good. So um, in the, the third series of Blackadder, Blackadder plays basically a domestic servant. Um, So we've seen him go from being a prince in the first season to like a minor lord in the second season to now being a domestic servant. So there's been this like decline of the Black Adder family name. Um, And it's funny, the way that they sort of line up like the politics of what happens from season to season is really interesting because season two of the show ends with like this German character coming in and taking over secretly the British government played by Hugh Laurie. Right at the end of season two. And then when we come back for series three, Hugh Laurie is playing like the last in a long line of descendants of that guy who took over. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really clever, like the way that they have it set up. But now he's the prince and he's super foppy. He's got this like, you know, powdered wig and like a ton of makeup and and basically represents like the worst of the worst of like the Regency era British aristocracy. And he's yeah. like, a, and kind of an idiot, like super incurious and, and like almost fratty and bro at the same time.
0: Yeah, there's this bit where uh, he wants to play a game with a black outer in a bit and he doesn't quite get the rules. And he does my least favorite thing anybody ever does. As soon as they have to learn rules for a game, they quit. Yeah. And I hate that trait. I hate that trait in people because they're not willing to
1: learn. Take the damn time to learn a game. This has been rants with James. Um, How's everybody doing out there? Everyone good? Well, and that's like the funny thing about George as a character. Like I think what makes him so great is, is season three really represents that, like um, that class divide and like the way that super privileged people just have absolutely no concept of what the world is actually like. And like, how a society should function because they're in like an ivory tower. And meanwhile, you have like Blackadder who's this like incredibly intelligent person who, by merit of his social class, is sort of stuck in this subservient role, and the only way he can punch is down at Baldrick. It's awesome. What what is happening is um Blackadder, who's, you know, the head butler, is is coming up with this scheme where he's going to con George into giving away all of his Christmas presents um and he's got Baldrick like a costume like a to like dresses like a poor old like homeless woman and um he tells him to go get dressed and then he comes in uh is this where they play the charades yeah this is where they This is where they play charades,
0: and they don't know how to play charades, so they stop playing charades. I'm going to stop now.
1: Oh, yeah, and that's the whole thing where he's like, no, two syllables, and he's like, two silly bulls. What, like in Noah's Ark? I can't. I'm going to go off on my rant again, John. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. um yeah so there's like all this misunderstanding about the rules of charades and then uh like blackadder's gonna tell george a christmas story and he sends baldrick out to do something like he's got this ruse where he's gonna send baldrick out to do something and really it's to get in his disguise so that they can con george out of his presence um so he tells him this story basically about like this handsome prince who george immediately like associates with himself who um you know, met this old woman begging on Christmas Eve, and she was so afraid that she was going to die on Christmas without any warmth or presents. And the prince was generous enough to give all of his presents to her um, and send her out, you know, with this gift or whatever.
0: When you edit this podcast, you need to put the music from the beginning of Beauty and the Beast over that story because that's all I could think of during the oh, yeah. whole
1: episode. <laughs> Yeah, 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 100%. Um, <laughs> that's actually very accurate, come to think of it. Um, and so then there's like a knock at the door, and this old woman comes in. And, and Blackadder's like, oh, look at this. It's, an, it's a poor old woman who's cold and afraid that she's going to die on Christmas Eve. And you can't really see this woman's face. She's just like wearing these like baggy clothes. So you're supposed to assume that it's Baldrick. What's funny is I was actually I was watching it with subtitles turned on because I think my Hulu just had them turned on and I like didn't turn them off. And the the lines that the old woman has are attributed to Baldrick, even though we will come to discover this is not actually Baldrick. That's like the reveal.
0: I wonder if it was Baldrick. I wonder if they still had the same actor doing it, because I mean, he he had enough time to do a quick change there and you don't want the audience to know anything about the bit. Or it's a good enough disguise that it could have been somebody else. You really sure. don't know, but you know that we we are set up to have Black Out or have a this disguised old woman come in so everything's going according to plan.
1: Yeah. Um and so, you know, George feels great about himself for giving away all his presents, and he also tells her like he like Blackadder's following her like should I you know make sure she doesn't take the silver and he's like oh no give her the silver and he's like oh very generous your majesty so he goes out into the hallway and um Baldric comes in wearing a very different and obviously not the same old woman disguise mm. and he's like Baldrick where were you and he's like oh I was just showing this this old woman to the door and it turns out that he this old woman was collecting charity and Baldrick like let her in to collect charity um classic Baldric. that's Baldric. <laughs> yeah and basically blackadder's like well it's a shame that she has to go out into like the cold dark london night and baldrick's like oh yeah she won't be safe out there and blackadder's like well she certainly won't be safe for me sort of implying that he's gonna go mug this old lady for the presents and that's where the vision ends right and it's like good joke
0: good setup uh it's a very nice trailer for these are like very nice like little teasers for the Blackadder series. If you like these bits, go back and rewatch it. I'm definitely considering it again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's like a top 5 for me certainly. Um so when we flash back, Ebenezer Blackadder is like so he got the presents.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, says Hagrid. So yeah, he comes out of the dream um sorry Vision quotation marks around this whole gimmick. And he's and he and he's like, Wow, he did he get the presents? And he did and so he's like, Well, yeah, but that's not the point. Come on, dude, what are you what are you doing here? Whereas it's not his fault that you know Hagrid is showing him all these like little visions of a better life. Because as charitable as Blackadder is in this episode, it's a bad he's like he's living a rough life because of it. So
1: yeah, he
0: it's like He's getting this, all the stuff and he's going to turn and Jesse's about to turn. Hagrid shows him one more vision.
1: Yeah. So he shows him the future. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen the, uh, have you seen, I think you should leave now on Netflix? No, but I have oh, seen okay. 1980s Doctor Who and that's what this future is. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold that because there's a, there's a, christmas carol bit on that show that i really want to show you on the air at some point okay um this does feel very like 80s doctor who doesn't it
0: in particular the uh series 20 i want to say 23 story arc trial of the doctor in which the sixth doctor is being put on trial just like symbolically the actual show was on trial at the time that's neither here nor there and it's uncanny it looks very similar to the two locations at least the way it's yeah. shot and the the the, the CG the chroma keying effect is like ah not good <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah so there's like yeah it's it's hard to describe so there's it's this like vaguely corinthian looking there's like columns and okay so to set this up it's in like a black kind of void space yeah, right.
0: like it's like hovering in just in space with no really defined borders between the the emptiness, the vacuum of space and like where they're living, I guess.
1: Yeah. And there's like columns on either side and there's a walkway up the middle and there's like lava on the floor. And there's this big giant circular screen up behind all the characters that shows like extreme close ups of their face when they're talking, which is a really great effect. Yeah. Um and so we have a bunch of characters we've already seen. So we see um, Miranda Richardson is back as Queen Asphyxia, who's like the the ruler of the known universe in the far future. Um, I think there's some like Dune influence here as well. I get the feeling.
0: That's a good call. Yeah, this, this, there is some Dune influence. And coming up, there's uh, some Sean Connery influence, but we'll get there in a second.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um Uh, So she's Queen Asphyxia, the ruler of the known universe. And then she's like accompanied by her triple husbandoid, which is which is uh, Hugh Laurie as uh, Prince Pignot or something like that. Yep. And uh, Stephen Fry is there wearing some kind of like weird dragon wing hat. And then the, the actress who plays the nurse is there basically in a Dalek costume. I mean. It's very Dev Ross in the latter seasons of Doctor
0: Who. I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to make this the Doctor Who episode, but they're very intertwined with the, this is 1980s uh, television, BBC television. So there's a lot of similarities and they're also referencing stuff people know.
1: So everyone knows Doctor Who. So let's make a character in this it, future that looks like it. It would not surprise me even in the slightest, if some of these costume and set pieces were lifted from like a doctor who set. Yep. Right. Still seeing in, as this is, this is all being produced by the BBC.
0: It's still in production at the time. It was wrapping up soon after, but yeah. <coughs> one second. Ooh, that allergies friends, not coronavirus. Don't worry
1: there. Yeah. gotta love, gotta love this time of the year. Um, <sighs> allergies. so yeah. And it's all very like overblown and there's like a lot of nonsense talk in this scene. Um, in fact, one and, moment, uh, they tr- they make up a fake planet.
0: And yeah. it's like, that's not even a real place. What are you talking about? That's gibberish.
1: Yeah. Um. So, you know, Blackadder, the, you know, five billion forty seventh or whatever, comes in. And he's like, he's got this like long kind of like Klingon-y looking hair. And his costume is very Dune-like with like all these like metal spikes and pipes and kind of like, I don't know, heavy metal mm-hmm. looking um and he's like i guess the leader of some kind of army or something like that the navy if i'm not mistaken the yeah the the yeah the the imperial navy and um they're basically interrogating him about like his uh um various victories throughout the universe and this is basically like the future if black adder if ebenezer Blackadder becomes a bad person this is what the future looks like Right, that was right.
0: why I, I was. I was just like, "This is if he turns bad, this is yeah. what happens." And yeah. w- and what happens is some messed up stuff right here.
1: Yeah. So uh, his slave comes in, Baldric, who is just long hair and a, and a like leather jockstrap. Basically. This is a this is a reference to the
0: Sean Connery sci-fi epic Zardars, as silly a name as anything,
1: and. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the exact vibe of this scene. I feel oh like, yeah, is, is like that era of like trippy 70s sci sci-fi, the
0: Babarella, you know, like all that type of sci-fi stuff. If you yeah. if if you go back and have the stomach for it, and Sean Connery wears besides some belts on his chest, yeah, the same exact opposite, uh, outfit in red. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's um it it. <laughs> It's horrifying. Really. And Tony Robinson and and we will see Rowan Atkinson in this costume, by the way. Both of these guys, like, do not have the body for this, and it makes it really funny.
0: Tony, though, owns it. Tony owns yeah. it when he comes in. He's got like the whole Superman pose on. Yeah, and,
1: it's and, very good. Which they tell him
0: not to do. So like <laughs> he's kind of rocking it when he does the Superman pose. Like, yeah, what of it? And then as soon as they say stands normal, he like just looks such so defeated and it's so sad. Nope. You gotta own it. If you're going to wear that outfit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Tony, Tony Robinson is the MVP of this series because he really like consistently throughout the whole show just really delivers. And it's easy, I think to get overshadowed when you're working next to Rowan Atkinson, but Mm -hmm. like he, he really, he really holds his own. Um, So basically they, it's, it's almost like a repeat of the, um, of the scene from blackout or the second where she's asking like, where's my gift? And he pulls out this like vague sci-fi prop. Um, it's something they had lying around from doctor who. <laughs> yeah, probably. And um, he holds it up and they're like, Oh, what is it? And, and he's like, oh, let me show you. And he basically like zaps the triple husbandoid out of existence. So all those three characters are gone. And then he basically is like, okay, now, your Majesty, you're going to make me supreme leader of the universe, and you're going to sew a new button on my uniform, and you're going to marry me. And she's like, I thought you'd never ask. And so, basically, what we come to learn is that if Edmund Blackadder becomes a bad person, his ancestors will rule the universe. So, for the so, but he then asks, Well, what if I don't join the
0: dark side here? What if I don't, you know, become evil? What happens then? And we get basically the same scene yeah. over well, and,
1: and Robbie Coltrane doesn't want to show him. He's like yeah. trying to leave, and then Blackadder does like the wavy hand thing, and makes that's the right noise <laughs> to, to transition into the to the, the flash forward. And it's a it's not a
0: good future because in this scenario, Tony is the
1: leader, right? And yeah. he's the he, he's the leader of the Navy, and Blackadder is the servant. And so so Baldrick and Blackadder have just, like, switched costumes. Which, God, I hope they had two versions of each costume. I don't think they did, because the one was very big on uh, Tony there. But, oh my gosh. It is funny when Blackadder comes in in the slave costume, because he looks very dejected and annoyed to be there. (laughs) And he doesn't even do, like, the pose at the beginning. Like, he's like, I can't believe
0: this got written into this script, and I'm doing this now. This is horrible. And... Basically, because the roles were flip-flopped in this future, everything has gone wrong. Like, the Galactic Empire is about to fall, and
1: that's bad news for everybody. Yeah, Baldric like, bombed his own troops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bad scene. So,
0: it, it's almost like, for the greater good, our 1800s Blackadder has... To do the right thing or ebenezer has to do the right thing and and go
1: back well for, for certainly for the greater good of his ancestors yeah or his descendants, descendants. Or, yeah. Or, or whatever we want to say um and it also feels pretty good to do what he's about to do <laughs> for fair him enough for him in that moment fair enough we we then see so he's sort of like so it makes no sense like I would have to be I would have to be a bad person. Like, why would I want this future? And and this is where Robbie Coltrane gives him like the 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 whole like, well, you know, uh, the benefits of being a good person are largely spiritual. And, and uh. but, you know, who wants to be ruler of the universe? Like, you can't be your own boss anymore. Everyone wants to, like, take photos with you and you're constantly waving at people. Mm. Um, And and he's like, listen, listen. You're not going to be a bad person now, are you? And Blackadder's like, "No. Would I lie to you?" Oh. And with that
0: perfect line, we yeah. know exactly what's going to happen and it's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um <laughs> the ghost leaves and it's very funny because as he goes out the door, they just play the footage of him coming through the door but in reverse. But like very intentionally. So like obviously we've seen we've seen that happen other places where like in the uh the Garish Patel one where like they reverse that shot of Scrooge putting the hat on but it's not supposed to be a bit it's just like super lazy editing this is 100% just supposed to be a bit making fun of like special effects of this era this is um,
0: this is in keeping with a lot of people of this generation who grew up on television the simpsons saturday Night live monty python they would all do these bits where it was talking about or making fun of the fact that we're on television and we grew up learning all these weird rules because of television. Let's make fun of them. And right. it's, it's, it's successful. It's what's hysterical here. And this little reverse shot is awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, and so the next day, uh, Black blackadder goes back to his shop. And the first thing he does is punch Baldrick repeatedly in the face.
0: Well, Baldrick Um, comes up to him with a stocking and says, yeah, look, what's in my, look, I got nothing in my stocking. Oh no, there's something in here. And you know what? What's great about it is you can use it over and over again. And I made it for you. Oh, sir, that's the best type of gift. And then he just repeats punching him in the face. And it's, it's, you know, it's wrong. You know, it's wrong, but it's, hysterical at the same time
1: yeah he's sort of like gone like full the other direction and what we get in really short order is is him uh um sort of getting back at all of these people who ripped him off the day before so like uh mrs Scratchit comes in and he gives her like what i i think is like a chamber pot basically like full of his own waste
0: yeah, yeah. There's a there's a bunch of, on our best interpretation, it's coal. It's yeah. coal that he's giving her. Yeah, which is a funny joke when you think of what that means for the season. The lump of coal he gives there's him like his brown chamber.
1: stains running down the side. It's of that it, it's out. clearly
0: a bucket of crap. It, that's what yeah. it is. It's it's saying, oh, there's a couple of nuggets in there and like a few chunks or whatever. It's like, oh God, no. Yeah. And, but, ah. Uh, but because she was so who, wicked the, the night day before you there's very little sympathy there for this character.
1: Yeah, no, it feels really good. They've really primed you for this like this heel turn to be yeah. like really satisfying. Right. I think this is the moment where Baldric asks him like what about the milk of human kindness and I laughed out loud because all I could think about was watching Scrooge and how mad you were about that.
0: <laughs> I wish the guy
1: had a cup of that at that time. Maybe he did need some of it.
0: I was like, ah, oh, there we go." Wonder if that's a but see, that's a thing. That was a good callback. And I like this.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, the kid who took the penny from him is like, at is like climbed up to look in his window. And he just like <laughs> opens the window and knocks the kid down into the street. Um, <laughs> that was, that was really funny. That was, I'm trying to think what else the, uh, cause
0: the kid fell. Yeah. <laughs> cause he fell like a
1: story and hit the ground. Oh man. Um, it's so, weird reviewing something that is just good. Yeah, and and something that's like really sharp and funny too. And it's that's, like, what can you even say?
0: And not even new. So the, like, there's that. New, like we 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 are familiar with this. Like we, I, I watched it again, but I knew the flow of it. And so it's weird just doing this commentary. I'm I'm hoping people are enjoying this episode, but it's not like last time where I had a nervous breakdown in the middle of it, like. This is just like a nice old friend saying hi to you again,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see what happens next. So the the beetle and and the and the fat kids show up again, and they're all kind of at the door. They all have like John, weird bicycles John, John, hanging John, down their nose.
0: John, they're not fat kids. They're morbidly obese. <laughs>
1: Listen, we don't we don't body shame here on Jacob Marley is dead. Everybody (laughs) is beautiful. These these characters have been intentionally characterized as like portly to show that they are not malnourished. I suppose
0: you you walked a very, very, very tight rope there, my friend. Very
1: nice. Very nice. I I try. I try my best. I want everyone to feel comfortable listening to this show. That is is my primary goal. And if you don't, please let me know why. Um, except for the Amish, yeah they they should not Screw feel com- them right.
0: <laughs> well, they shouldn't feel comfortable listening to this podcast.
1: Well, yeah, I guess not.
0: I mean, why the quote we are now? What the heck are you doing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> What is happening? So I don't know, John. And it's wonderful. They, they show up. They, so the beetle and the, and, and the, and the fat kids show up with like the world's tiniest little pudding. It's like a ping pong ball size, with like a little Holly sticking out of the top. Mm-hmm. And he takes that. And then he slams the door in their faces.
0: Yeah, it was good. I, I yeah. thought, but, but he remembered like, he was he was like, you can't leave them out in the cold. I was like, of course, went back, took the pudding.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then of course Millicent shows up with her obnoxious laugh to get more presents with her equally obnoxious fiance. Uh, this guy wasn't doing it for me, John. <laughs> so this guy, the actor or the character?
0: Um, yes.
1: Oh. <laughs> I just He's he's a real wet blanket. Like he's 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 uh very foppy and obnoxious. He's not adding to the bit really and in fact
0: He's not committed. I mean, he's not look, he's got his working boots on, no doubt. But like you gotta be an A plus talent to rock this hard of a bit, right? Yeah. And-, and he's he's just I don't think he's up to the task. And because yeah. of that, um it the bit suffers for it.
1: Yeah. Um Scrooge or uh not Scrooge, Blackadder, Ebenezer Blackadder, takes his uh his money by basically Basically, he's like, "Are you gonna? You do you have like the means to take care of my goddaughter?" And the guy like pulls his wallet out and shows him, and he takes the wallet and he's like, "Okay, bye."
0: That's just straight up theft.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. be a little bit clever more about the bit, like just like I
0: was like, "Nope, he's
1: just stealing now." Yeah, just taking it because he can. um what a monster and so, and so he's sort of made back everything he's got all this money back, and he's and he's gotten back at all these people who have hurt him, and he goes into the other room and he hears someone knocking at the door, and he's basically like, all right, baldric, um you know slam that door in their face, or I'm gonna do something awful to you. I don't remember exactly what he threatens to do to him um and of course, it's Albert and Victoria returning to uh reward him for his generosity,
0: and they prove that it's them by giving him the seal and like at the beginning he plays it off like no
1: like no and then as soon as he sees the seal yeah. down on one knee like yeah he knows he knows exactly what's going on yep. so they're here to offer him a title to make him a lord and to give him 50,000 pounds for his generosity and before Baldric can like relay who they are um Blackadder comes back in viciously insults both of them viciously insults like the queen and the king or the not the king the prince yep um, it kind of like associating the two subconsciously, I guess, and sends them out and then goes to enjoy his uh, Christmas morning. Feast. Thinking that he's, yeah, his feast, thinking that he's gotten back at, at all of these people. And he's sitting down there eating a turkey that would make tiny
0: Tim blush. And he's sitting down to eat it all by himself. He gives bald, he just gives him a wishbone, just yeah. gives him a wishbone. I, thought this was a missed bit here maybe the joke is i wish it had some meat on it which is what he says and that's funny i kind of wish he broke the the bone and is like looks at him being a jerk still as like didn't come true (laughs) like like that's that i think that's a nice little cherry on top and then um black adder asks about the people at the door
1: yeah yeah so he's like uh well that was the king and queen and he's like no Baldric, that was not the king <laughs> that was not the queen and the prince and he's like because it was the queen and the prince um coming to reward me they would have left their royal seal and Baldric pulls out the seal and He's like oh like this one and that's sort of we end on that beat of him realizing what he's done yeah right? and it's a very abrupt cut to credits um which is in keeping with Blackadder, That's they usually end on like a beat like that, where like the other shoe drops and he realizes um, and either sometimes he gets ahead, sometimes he doesn't. But in this case, he did not
0: probably lose his head soon enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. And that's it. That's Blackadder's Christmas Carol.
0: Very good, very good Christmas
1: character. Yeah, tons it, of fun. I, I I enjoy it a lot. For a show that came out like for a special that came out in the eighties to still feel like snappy and fresh and like hit the right beats and have jokes that are genuinely funny is pretty impressive.
0: And still have teeth to be a you know tragically still you know current and have a good commentary on class divide and everything like that. Like, yeah, definitely. This is, I mean, it, it holds up, and I'm assuming it's similar for the series, John. I'm. Assuming- oh yeah,
1: totally. So. Yeah. And, and I think some of like, again, it's, it's very, um, I feel like a lot of comedy and like a lot of sitcoms, not as many as should probably have moved beyond the like set up punchline kind of humor that you see in Blackadder. But I think it's really, um, The way that they handle it, the way that it's written and the way that it's performed, these guys, from what I understand on set, were genuinely constantly trying to make each other laugh and trying to come up with like the line or the read or the added little bit or ad lib that would get a laugh out of the other performer. And you really see it because they're really swinging for the fences all the time. Uh, in terms of their approach to this stuff.
0: Well, you get the sense just from their work together, not only on this, but really everything that you see these, uh, this crew of actors, uh, the friendship, you yeah. know, I mean, some of oh, yeah. and, and that, that carries off into what they're performing and what they're writing and the pride they take in it. Like, yeah. you get the sense that they wouldn't want to let each other down. So, Jimmy, what gets your Christmas turkey for this episode? Um it's kind of hard because everybody's really bringing their A game here. So I yeah. think if it's going to anything, it has to be something that really stands out. And I think I have to give it to Rowan Atkinson <laughs> because yeah. he's the glue that holds this whole thing together. He's yeah. he's everything has to travel through him and relate to him in some way and when you write a script with that premise if that person doesn't hold up their end of the bargain you're up shit's creek without a paddle so i think this he, as ebenezer blackadder i think he gives us a hell of a performance and um deserves all the praise that he gets
1: yeah yeah John, what's uh what's getting your uh, Christmas turkey? As much as I want to give it to Rowan Atkinson, um I mean, he I guess he's the right choice. He's kind of the obvious choice too. Like he definitely has like the lion's share. I think for me I'm going to give it to Robbie Coltrane, who I think I think that his whole performance of being like really over the top as he comes into the room. A lot of his line delivery is also really like good and snappy in this. He's he's just so funny in this role as the ghost as like the spirit of Christmas. The way that it's written is really good. Um yeah, I think I think it's Robbie Coltrane for me. And and
0: and uh I mean we get to we can do the next bit if you want to, but
1: it's gonna be hard picking. So yeah. Oh uh, the, yeah, the lump of coal. What what would you say gets your lump of coal for? This? I
0: guess by default, the fiance, uh, yeah. uh, his goddaughter's fiance. And look, I was a little maybe harsh on him. It just what it was the weakest performance I saw other sure. everything. And
1: there's not a lot to it. It's just like a little extension of Millicent.
0: It's it's thirty seconds to forty five seconds of screen time at that. So if this guy ever hears this, I'm sorry if I was bagging on you too much, but. Out of every, because it's a, like I said, this is an amazing ensemble here. Like, this is an amazing yeah. group of performers. All these actors are just top notch. Uh, even to the kid in the window that fell down and hurt on the ground. They're all great. And so, yeah, I mean, by default, the fiance, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. John, um, what about you? My lump of coal goes to the fact that this is only a special and not a whole season of this show oh. because i th- i think that a victorian season of the show that was based on like the the dichotomy between like the weird victorian like hyper morality of that period versus like the kind of conniving nature of black Adder. This would have been a really interesting kickoff to a whole season of this show. Interesting. Like
0: having no ties to the Royal family whatsoever, like none whatsoever, just a commoner working there. But somehow maybe by the end of the first episode, we establish a connection. So there can be that dynamic because I think, again, I haven't watched the series, but it feels like, the Adder's relationship to the royal family is the driving narrative through all the series.
1: So usually, usually, yeah, because they're he's usually tangentially connected in some way, either a member of the royal family or like very close to. I think though that like the Victoria and Albert characters would be really funny, right? Oh my right, god, for, for for like a whole season. So to have there be like like maybe a continuation of that idea of like their their sort of involvement or like secretly trying to like interact with people as commoners. I don't know. I think there's a lot that you could have done with it. And it's just it's like it works really, really well as a special. And I don't think that it's hard to give this a lump of coal that I think means anything. So to me it's like the the season of this show that could have been if they had sort of continued with this or ended with it, I guess.
0: No, I mean I mean in a way this was now did this come out after black outer four
1: no this is between three and four so this is so this, kind this is of... before the end of the series
0: so in a way they could have seen this they look they didn't know if they were going to do a fourth maybe they had some
1: ideas but like this in a way was like the finale for black outer in their mind maybe for a minute you know it's possible. I do think, so The I think the plan for four had been in the works for a while because okay. they thought up all these different settings that were like, what? where can we do something? Because it has to be cheap to do one of these sitcoms, period. So setting one where it's entirely in the trenches of World War I, and you don't really have to have any sets because it's just the trench. I got to watch that series. Like, like I,
0: I, I love- You'll like
1: that series a lot.
0: I love the uh, world war one history. It's such like I was saying early, it's so overlooked old world ideas
1: meeting a new world head on. And there's that, that is like a central theme of that season. I think you would really like it, but I do say watch the whole thing up to that point because it all kind of builds. Um, season four is like a really good capstone for the whole thing. Um, do you see this in your christmas future or is it saying in your christmas past
0: well it's, it's kind of self-evident here this has been in my christmas uh past it's been in my christmas present and it will be in my christmas future will i always bust it out every de- december not necessarily but if it's yeah. on if i'm reminded of it if i'm if uh i'm doing a podcast with my best friend about a christmas carol i'll (laughs) I'll watch it and have no complaints and question what it is after last episode when i watched whatever the hell that was it's a
1: really it's definitely in my christmas past present and future how about you john uh i watch blackadder like once a year so this, this is probably in my future wowzers like like the whole series. Yeah, it's one of those shows that I uh, it's like it's like a comfort food. Like you put it on while you're playing a video game or or like cleaning the house or something and just have it running in the background because it's just effortlessly watchable. Nice. So this this definitely will come up in the rotation because I'll just take any black adder content I can get. Um and this is a very good Christmas special too. So, definitely.
0: Christopher Lee rereads the Lord of the Rings every year. You watch black adder. I think both are masterpieces from what I hear.
1: There you go. Um, Jimmy, what are we watching next week? I think a Christmas Carol. We are. We are. <laughs> We're watching specifically Christmas Carol Colin the movie.
0: <laughs> what the hell are you setting me up for here, yeah. John? Yeah.
1: Christmas Carol, Colin the movie, which is a 2001 animated version of this, oh, uh, no. featuring a couple names you might know, Kate Winslet and Nicolas Cage.
0: You know, friends, if you didn't like an episode where we were basically in agreement and, you know, just enjoyed a very funny Christmas special, I have a feeling you're not going to be disappointed with the next one because,
1: good God, does that sound like hot garbage, i there's one specific reason why I'm very excited for you to watch this version and I'm going to leave it at that.
0: Oh no. Oh, um, Oh no. Are there bees? <laughs> no. Are there bees? No. <laughs> Not the bees.
1: <laughs> oh man. So that's what we're going to watch next time. Um, I'll post some links up where you can kind of see it. I don't know if there's a version that you can watch. That's, that's like free. You might have to rent it. Um, friends but I'll, I'll see what I can find and post it to our Twitter feed if you have thoughts about the uh, Black Adder or the Black Adder Christmas special or I guess Christmas Carol Cole in the movie you can uh, send them to Jacob Marley is dead at gmail.com or tweet them at us at Marley is dead pod um, feel free if you want to follow us uh, at that same handle on Instagram um, and you can find Jacob Marley is dead uh, on Facebook. Honestly, you'll see most of the same content on any of those three platforms, so follow whichever one you use. James, what is something that our audience can do to help us out? Well, John, they can go to iTunes or wherever they get their podcasts
0: from, and they could leave us a
1: five-star,
0: five-star, 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 five-star review! really do appreciate it it's very you know it helps us out a lot
1: and it doesn't take that much time if you would be a friend and do that
0: that would be very
1: nice please do please do um thank you to ben devries for our opening closing and interstitial music uh thank you to milo newman for our really awesome cover art and thank you to you listener who continues to show back up time and time again as we discuss the same story over and over again hopefully we will go insane before you do did you say listener like we only have one person listening to this podcast I mean I'm just trying to be accurate <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys we appreciate your your attention to our weird little project and until next time as tiny Tim observed, God bless us,
0: everyone. Hi, I'm
1: Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.